Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have your entrepreneurs, your small business owners, your local business owners. We have marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others create and build their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who love to have your own hands on the levers as you grow your business. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment. Explore our episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how we and our guest experts help you win at the game of business and marketing. Also, check us out on iTunes. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. You can search for us under Business Creators Radio Show. Make sure to subscribe. We have over 120 episodes, and fresh content will be delivered straight to your iTunes every single week. For today, we're going to be moving pretty fast. We have a lot to cover, and we have a topic that is perennial. This is something that's been coming up over and over again throughout my 13 years in online marketing. I mean, before before we had this thing called social media, I was already involved in email marketing. And one of the debates that has been perennial is how much email is too much or how much email is too little. And should I send emails every day? Does email really work? And about three or four times a year, we hear about the latest death of email marketing, like that thing with the Gmail tabs, which I, which I personally celebrate. I think that the Gmail tabs were great for email marketing. And I think that all these deaths of email marketing just make it stronger. It's immortal. It's invincible. And to help us understand that today, I am very happy to have none other than Joshua Bellinger of OptionSizzle.com. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about Joshua. He was a once-struggling professional wrestler delivering pizzas. That's where he came from. And he came from there and came to know one of the world's top options trading specialists who's been quoted in Wall Street Journal, Reuters, New York Times, Yahoo Finance, Bloomberg, Business Week, and he's the author of the book, Fearless Investing with Options. Joshua is also the founder of OptionSizzle.com, where he publishes Leading by example, free daily investing and trading tips, and teaches struggling self-directed investors how to add sizzle to their portfolio with trading options to reduce risk, create higher chances of success while generating better returns, and do that in any financial market environment. Joshua, welcome aboard. Adam, thanks for having me. Great. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, I just read off your little bio there, which is very impressive. In fact, I'm even wondering if I can p- keep up with you. I should probably just resign the Business Creators Radio Show and turn it on to you. I'm not sure I can handle being in this uh, presence of greatness. But uh, what would oh, like to come on. <laughs> what don't, like- don't, need to, don't need to talk me up like that. Well, uh, I, I started from started from the bottom and, and just have grinded away. So there's uh, there's not uh, there's not anything secret, just determination and and having a vision of where you want to be. Well, tell us a little bit about that. And specifically, uh, you know, you're doing a lot of work with, uh, with options trading. And what is it about your brilliance and your passion that leads you to want to share on this topic of using simple daily emails to double your sales? Well, to, to be honest, there's a lot of business owners that are active in the marketplaces and they're active in uh, mutual funds, which are the worst thing that you possibly can do. And a lot of times they will either have some professional manage their money and 
this is kind of what I want to change. It's because it needs to change from within. And, you know, our economy right now is outsource everything or we have all this convenience. But the main thing I believe in and I know for a fact is that you have to control your money. Um, you talk right. to any baby boomer right now. They went through the dot com. They went through the financial crisis and now they're ready for retirement and they don't have the money to retire. All the old school kind of nonsense that's been rehashed over and over again in finance, it just doesn't work. And investors or do-it-yourself investors, that's what we referred, referred them to, retail traders like or investors like myself. And that just means that we have a salary cap. We, we trade our own money. Professionals trade other people's money. So it's not their own money. So it's two different games. I could do, someone, I could do a lot of things with someone else's money and not have any emotion tied to it. But when it comes to our own money, you have to think and be more strategic, uh, understand the risk and, and not understand the risk being that there's risk in the marketplace, but understand your risk in each position and what's going on with it. So, you know, I like to talk about what I'm doing uh, business wise and it's, you know, a little bit of a cross um, cross reference as well, because people who hear me talk about what I'm doing with option sizzle may be interested in learning how to manage their money better, tired of the mutual fund returns because the return on the S&P since inception, the S&P 500, has only been 8%. And that's since right. inception. And that's before fees, and that's before uh, inflation. So when you kind of add that stuff into it, I mean, I, I, you're only getting a, a few percentage points um, on your return. So, you know, that's, that's the reason why the stock market has failed so many people. And right. it's, this, it's the reason being is because there's big business and managing your money because they, they just collect their fees and they just tell you, Hey, this is our proprietary sexy thing that we'll do, but they all do the same thing. There's nothing new on wall street. So that's, that's really the reason. And I like to talk about what I'm doing. And as you said, in the introduction, I do what I say, and that's really a big pet peeve of mine, um, of, of doing something I say, not just what I say. So I'm, I, I always have that, uh, that, that aspect to me that I, it's not what I, I'm not saying to do this because, you know, just because it sounds cool. I actually, it's a big pet peeve of mine that uh, if I'm lear learning something from somebody else or hearing, I want to know that they have skin in the game as well. Yeah. I think that, I think that's very important. And one trend I'm noticing with you, and this is very exciting, is I ask one question, and not only do you answer ha that question, but you answer half of the next question I'm getting ready to ask. So there is, something, <laughs> there is something that we ask every single guest on the Business Creators Radio Show, and part of your answer could potentially sound a little bit repetitive, but out of fairness, we do have to ask. And our listeners who tune in every single week know what's coming up. We can hear the drum beat in the background, and here we go. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that any guest expert says they need to do, except for time and money. This is a question we ask every expert who appears on the Business Creators Radio Show. What I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So Joshua, how do time and money impact what you're going to share with us today? Please try to answer without completing the entire interview. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this is something, that I, if we're talking about daily emails, I think this is something that we can all, I, I mean, I do myself. And uh, some of the things that I'll outline for you are some pretty cool kind of tricks like I the daily email 
can, you know, it usually takes about 15 minutes. And then I actually record it and put it on our own podcast channel. So we reuse that content. Um, and for the time and money part of it, you know, it's only, again, 15 minutes of your time. Money part of it, is you have probably an autoresponder in your business, uh, so some kind of email service, so it's not any extra money. It, it would be more about you being able to do it. And eventually, once you grow, you can actually hire somebody that can, you know, take on these daily emails. So right, starting, for, starting right now, it's just a couple minutes of your time. It's going to probably take you, you know, when you start, if you really are serious about this to take it, it's going to probably take you 30 minutes your first time and your, your email is not going to be the best, but it's all about repetition and doing it and your commitment to consistency. And once that happens, you'll start to get that 15 minute time frame. You'll start to come out. You actually can start to batch these. Uh, so it's not really that much time or money. Um, I, I think that the, the return on investment is much greater because not only does it bring in more sales, but it also builds a better relationship with your audience. Great. And I, and I think you hit the nail on the head with both of those things. Now, we have a few listeners who knew that you were going to be on Business Creators Radio Show who pre-submitted questions that all basically come down to the same thing. And you know what? I cannot allow the suspense to go to the end of the hour. We just have to get this out there. So let's start with what's on a lot of people's minds is, is there any such thing as sending too many emails to your list? I don't think so. Okay. And the reason why is because when we think about business and when you're solving a problem for people or you're giving them an outlet at times. So what that would be saying, is there too much TV? And, and if there is, people turn off the channel or they change the channel. Right. The way that I approach the daily emails, you got to have something to say. And, and, and the overall theme of this at the end of the day is you have to be entertaining and not like a clown entertaining, but in entertaining in the aspect of having something to say about solving their problem. So what I mean specifically, you know, for instance, I wrote an email a couple of days ago and, and it's pretty relevant because the, the lady, the Miami doctor who attacked the Uber driver was assigned good morning America. Yeah. Um, she was apologizing. Now, you know, the, the backlash that she got was pretty, pretty hateful and disgusting, honestly, but it was a good email for me because of what the action she did. So, you know, in the email, I talked about this video that I saw and how this, I called her the princess, uh, uh, princess doctor or the Miami princess doctor or something like that. Um, but what, what, what's the point of that, Josh? Well, with my audience, a lot of times investors cry about losing money. Oh, I lost money or I have losing trades, but that's just part of the, you know, that's an expectation. We all lose money in business in some way or another. Right. You, you lose money by, you know, paying bills and you, in different ways and, and investing is the same way. You know, we see it real time and it, and it affects people differently, but those expectations, you have to have them. You're going to lose some and you're going to win some. It's about how you approach the market and that consistency. So th that was the, the overall aspect is that what, what am I talking about here? Well, you know, it's an entertaining story. I'm plugging into something that's current. Uh, and I'm relating it to the fact of that a lot of times we have people that email crying about how you know, they shouldn't lose money and they're being crybabies about it. And, you know, and, and relating it to almost the kind of professions that I've worked with. I mean, when I was in the financial industry, uh, doctors, lawyers, they sometimes have a higher prestige of what, where they think, especially when it comes to the financial markets, that they know more or they have a better insight than you do. They have a stronger opinion, which I would say. And that's not necessarily the case because, you know, they, everyone starts off the same way. 
uh, I started out the same way in the finance industry and, and investing. And it's there, there's no, there's no secret degree of success. That's going to, you know, relate to, okay, I was successful here, but now I'm successful there. So when it comes to your question, I don't think there's a, not enough uh, amount of emails. I mean, if you're doing, you know, like I do a daily email, if I'm doing a promotion or if there's something that we're promoting, we have a time limit, then I'm going to send multiple emails because you have to figure into delivery rates. You have to figure into what you, you know, the Gmail tabs. Um, and also, you know, people just kind of need to be consistently reminded. You know, there's so much distraction throughout the day and it's not your job to, to kind of continually remind them and be a nuisance of like, Hey, did you get it? Hey, but to kind of inject that entertainment value to it and also, you know, remind them, you know, some people like, let's say their, uh, their, their course or whatever closes at a certain time, we'll send like two emails that day. You, that's the day that is your, most of your sales are going to come through. You need to be right. sending as every hour almost, you know, and, and you can always have something to say. There's everything that happens in your life is always, you can always relate it to, the problem that person's having. And, and that's, I kind of got off topic of that, but when someone has a problem, they're looking to, uh, to have that cure. If someone has cancer, they can't hear enough about all the ways that their cancer could be cured. And it's like that with anything. If you're overweight or any kind of problem someone has, they want a solution to it and they want to hear as much as they possibly can about it. It's, it's almost like a hobby. You know, you have, you have that interest in it. So you want to hear as much as you possibly can. You don't want to be stagnant about what you're saying and that's where you inject the the entertainment value to it yeah you know uh i'm throughout our hour here together i'm going to have to struggle to not inject too many of my own opinions into this because email marketing is something that i'm very passionate about throughout the course of our conversation i might ask may ask your thoughts on a couple things that i've discovered through my 13 years in online marketing but for now i want to pull out something you said right at the beginning of your answer here and you said that, is there such thing as too much TV? Well, when a person's done watching TV, they just turn the TV off, something like that. So it makes me wonder, if you think you're getting too many emails, why not just unsubscribe? As long as the person sending you the email is using a legally compliant email service or a formula, you should be able to just scroll to the bottom, click unsubscribe, and just get off the list. I mean, for goodness gracious, I mean, I... Um, I have heard stories of people getting cease and desist letters because somebody didn't want to receive any more emails that they themselves subscribed to. It's just crazy. And then when you, and then sometimes when you read on the back end, when people leave the comments of why they're unsubscribing, and they may think they're making some kind of big point and they're going to change the world and they're going to influence that marketer's behavior. What they're really doing is providing fodder for that marketer's assistant who's doing most of the legwork and their people to laugh at when they need something to blow stress off. Because a smart marketer is, uh, is going to be a lion, not worrying about the opinions of sheep. And a smart marketer, in my opinion, is somebody who is going to be not worried about those one or two people just turn the channel off because that would be doing a disservice to the majority of people on their list who would complain that they weren't getting enough emails. That's a little paradigm shift I like to do. So here's something that comes up. Uh, we hear a lot of things in the marketing world about, you know, send a couple emails and make money fast, uh, targeted towards entrepreneurs who need a cash injection now. So in your experience, how have you used email to generate a surge of new sales in 24 hours or less? 
particularly for the business that needs some quick cash flow. So I'll get right into that, kind of back up a little bit. So, you know, it's it, what you're talking about, you know, that it, it's, it's one person, you know, that they're scared of that one person and it's only one person and you should always right. be giving, you know, a lot of business people fall into the trap of, I want to please everyone when you please everyone. And, and I know, you know, the rest of it, but that's yes. not how you, that's not a, how you approach things because there are people who will suck you like a vampire. And that is their all overall goal in life because they're unhappy. They don't care. They want to make you miserable and they're going to let you, or they're going to, as long as you let them try to be a vampire, they're going to, they're going to do that to you. So you have to be, you know, this is, this approach is, is just not, it's a, it's a way to kind of, you know, kind of flex your muscle a little bit and be able to connect with your audience. And it's not about just all of a sudden like, Hey, Josh, okay, sounds good. I'm going to start sending daily emails. You have to kind of, when people come onto my list, I automatically tell them what they're getting. And that's what you have to do if you decide to do this. So you have to say, okay, this is how, this is how I roll. This is how things go here. If you don't like it, then leave. And I'm very tough on that because before I did do that, I was more in, in, in business. When I started in 2008 with options, so I left the financial industry. I, I didn't know much about online business. I didn't know much about business. My background was in finance and working for somebody. So I went through some internet marketing stuff and, you know, it's kind of taken me through a journey and you learn, you get punched in the face a few times and you kind of transition and you kind of find and you develop yourself a little bit. And that's kind of where I've come into now because I did go that route of like, oh man, I'm emailing people too much. And I got that one person that didn't like this and they're voicing their opinion and I want to be and provide the best customer service. At the end of the day, you have to be willing to repel people because if you don't repel people, your business is not going to grow because they are going to affect your business because you're listening to the wrong people. Those people, I, I, I get unsubscribes every day from emails. Right. My, so my I. best, <laughs> yeah. I just sent one yesterday and the topic was uh, avoid stock market masturbation. <laughs> I had... I had a lot of unsubscribes and people say, oh my God, Josh, how could you say that? Why would you do that? One person unsubscribed because they said that their daughter reads the emails. They share inbox. That's not my fault. No. That's not my fault. You share and, and master. I mean, like what, what kind of society are we living in? If, the, if people get offended that easily, you don't want them as clients or customers. You know, you, you want to, if you want to become a better business and have that vision of, the lifestyle and less worry. There's always going to be stress in business, <laughs> but the best thing you could do is get rid of as many people. And I look at unsubscribes and say, yeah, sometimes it's customers that unsubscribe. That's not a big deal to me because I want the people I'm building an audience and I want the people that are, if we relate it to music, I'm a big fan. I like many genres of music, but right. for some reason, uh, I like Dirk Bentley. He's a country singer. Yeah. He cannot put out a CD that I won't buy. Right. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'm just crazy. There, and yeah, some of the songs, okay, I'm not going to listen to them, but automatically, and he's, I don't, I don't get too excited about many people, but he's one of them. He's one of them that no matter what he puts out, I don't care if he's in Chicago, I'm going to the concert. Like there's nothing he can say or do that. Uh, I mean, he, the, when the Blackhawks won the cup here, he was a, uh, last summer, he, you know, he held the uh, uh, Stanley Cup over his head, which is a big no-no in hockey. You can't do that if you, unless you're a player. 
you know, he, he came out and he's like, well, you know, talk to the, the player that handed it to me. I didn't, you know, I didn't know, but you know, you can't get enough of him, no matter what he does or says, you know, it's not going to turn me off to say, okay, I'm never going to listen to the guy again. You right. just get, you get excited about people and some people, they don't care about that. So your question about the, you know, generating the income, it's a, it's about that consistency, you know? Yeah. Is it going to double your sales if you're doing it every day? Nah, probably not. Because, you know, the, the initial jolt is when you start doing that, you, you start to see that, that increase. But that consistency will always get, if you're marketing the right way and getting new people on your email list, and you're going to have people leaving your email list as well, those new people are going to continuously see what you're talking about, engaging with them, because someone else is going to engage with them. And at the end of every one of my emails, I always have something I'm plugging. You know, it may be my, the book that I, a lot of times it's my book, but if I have a, a course or something, I'm going to be plugging that. So I, I believe that consistency in that, that type of connection that you have in an email, people reading, then, then yeah. At the end of the day too, you know, like changing the channel, some people just don't read your email. You know, they can go a couple emails, it may go into another folder, it may go into something else. So you know, changing the channel doesn't mean you have to unsubscribe, which people will do, you know, if they feel that way. But, you know, you also, if changing the channel for somebody could be just not looking at their email for a few days. Right. Yeah, it, it could be a lot of things. And, and my own belief on this is that you, you should email very often. And, and every day is usually perfectly acceptable. I have also discovered that not every subscriber opens every email and not every email gets opened by every subscriber. Uh, a rule of thumb that I have seen, and you know you're doing something right when you achieve something like this, is that statistically, your average subscriber will open one out of every 10 emails you send, and you'll have on average a 10% open rate. So as I call it the 10-10 rule of email marketing. What are some of your experiences in terms of what are acceptable open rates, what are acceptable open percentages, and what do you seem to be effective? So if somebody was getting such and such a number, what would you call that in terms of being an effective open rate or an effective engagement rate? Oh, the big, the big old age question. It's, it's, it's the typical answer. It's going to vary from uh, industry to industry. When you come to investing, you know, the, it's, it's a, it's the pre-framing that comes into it. So I mean, obviously, if you're getting a 5% open rate, that's not good. It means you have to go through your list and get rid of some dead weight because right. you want to get that open rate. If you're getting 50%, really good, but that means you are not getting enough people onto your list. So I would, you know, the number I would probably say would be 20 to 30% is a good open rate. I mean, and that's looking at about a third. 30 is pretty, from my, from what I know of what, you know, from being in a couple different uh, marketplaces. Uh, that probably is ideal because you're going to have the yahoos, you're going to have different ISPs on there and deliveries are going to be different. So, you know, that's, that's good. And that's the reason why you have to mail every day, because if you have 20%, 25% opening, that means 75% didn't open. And the people that say, well, Josh or Adam, I hear you, but I don't want to, I'm not like that. I don't like that. It, you're not like your customer at the end of the day. You don't have the problem that they're trying to solve. And also someone else is trying to get in front of them as well. So sure. if they're not seeing your message, that person that is trying to get in front of them, they could have seen the message. And, you know, and because you think a certain way and have a belief, 
your belief is blocking you from success. So you send once a month, 25% open. Okay. So then you send another one, another month, another 25% open. There's a good chance that that same person that didn't open the first month, probably they didn't see your email the second month. Right. And because you're not getting in front of them, that's what your business is about is helping people. If that's your true passion of helping people, you got to do it the best way possible. And the best way possible is you can't rely on another business. And that's kind of business 101. You can't rely on the fact that Gmail is going to deliver your message and it's going to have a shiny golden yellow box around it that when you press that submit button, man, my customer or my prospect is going to see it. They're going to fist pump up and down. They're going to read it and they're going to call me and they're going to buy my stuff. Yeah, it's, that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> it's not going to happen. In the green room, you said something that I thought was very curious. You were talking about the talk show, ra- or excuse me, the talk radio secret of writing emails that customers love reading and buying from. Could you tell me a little bit about this talk radio secret? Yeah, I, I approached it. I was just on a, a a show in Atlanta. It was a live show, and you know she had the same uh, kind of idea. She, she came into it and she was ready. You know, she was queuing up the, the, the anticipation for the, uh, for the segment. But, uh, for the first hour she's talking about, I don't believe this guy, you know, it's a bunch of BS and, you know, I don't like that, you know, entertaining her audience. Right. So the first thing, you know, she asks and first thing she says, you know, to me is, you know, about this daily email. I'm like, well, you do a daily talk show radio, right? And she's like, yeah. I said, that's the same thing with email. You know, that's my outlet for connecting with my audience. Every day you come on and you have two hours and you bring on people like myself, but you talk to your audience and you have something to say. And this is your outlet to talk to them. And people tune in. Email's the same way. So the way, same way that she takes her, her, uh, her talk show aspect, I take that into email. You know, I don't want to do a daily, or a daily uh, radio show. So... My best way is to spend 15 minutes and then have something that's kind of interesting or excitement. Like, you know, my, you know, avoid the, the stock market masturbation topic. It's, it's a big, bold, get you headline and it's going to get opens. The people that go through it and read it and, and the, really the concept about that is a lot of people will tell you to, to start paper trading, which is uh, kind of a term in the finance industry or investing is where you use fake, like have a simulated account. And I think that's the worst thing possible. And I related it to the fact of, you know, how people will rather go on the internet and watch online porn than actually go out and try to connect with somebody. And that's kind of the, uh, you know, the, the false sense of security that the internet has provided to people, um, you know, of that. So is it, you know, is it entertaining? Hey, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. But at least I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit different. I'm trying to take a message that and relate it to something that a lot of people, instead of saying, hey, paper trading is not what you should do, okay? And, and, right. and, and that's it. You, I'm relating it to something and having some kind of story behind it, some kind of build up, some kind of, um, I, and I you know, kind of talk about it almost like Donald Trump, you know, have that kind of shock and awe. Howard Stern does it. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk show radios that are that right. shock and awe type of, and, and they're the most successful <laughs> as much as, as much as people say they hate them or don't like them, they still tune in just to hear what he says or what they say. 
Right. So well, I, I approach it like that. I, I approach it with that. I look at this as a daily segment idea, um, kind of a daily topic where it, it gives me a chance to connect with my audience. If they don't like it, they unsubscribe. And the people that do, you know, they read it and they open it. And I have some people that email me, you know, they don't say much, but sometimes they come up and they're like, hey, I really enjoy your daily emails. Yeah, and it's funny. I've, I go to events and people come up to me and they say, hey, I get your emails or I see you on LinkedIn or what have you. And I like to do things with a little bit of shock value every once in a while too. One of the themes of the Business Creators Institute, one of our messages is the last thing that you could possibly need or want in your business. In fact, if you're getting in this in your, in your business, need to get rid of it, is traffic to your website. People look at me like I have five heads, and I just told them that uh, I told them that men live on the moon. I mean, it, it, but <laughs> but it's meant to create a pattern interrupt, and I wait for them to have the reaction, and I explain that yeah, if you're just getting traffic to your website, push a button and get traffic to your website. Well, why not just take a bowl of pasta and throw it at the wall and see what sticks? I don't want traffic to my website. Traffic is the reason I work from a home office. And what's a website? And I can go on for a half hour just trying to define the term website, and we can establish that there is no one definition of it. So I don't know what the hell traffic to my website is. However, attracting targeted visitors to my webpage who are pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped, that's a completely different story. So I like to inject just a little bit of that shock value into it, and it causes people to sit up. So when you're talking about stock market masturbation, Interesting. I would read that email. I, I love that. And there's another email that, um, that, sticks, that sticks in my mind um, that I got right around Thanksgiving. I can't remember who sent it, but it's on the list, one of these lists that I just love being on. And the subject line was, don't be a dick like John. And the message behind the email was, is that uh, John got caught watching, you know, fancy that, online porn at work. He got fired, and then he had to explain it to his wife. And the message of the email was, don't be a dick like John. Prepare for your future because you never know what could happen to that so-called secure job of yours. You could lose it for reasons not your fault, or you could do something stupid and lose your head, but you still lost your job and you still have a family to support. And that subject perfect, line got my attention. Perfect example right there. Yeah, I'm still thinking about that subject line. And you will get a few crazies every once in a while. Uh, years and years ago, I filmed a video, and I sent an email about it to my list. And the title of the email was Holy Hemostat. Most of my readers already knew without me having to explain it that Holy Hemostat is what's known as a Colonel Potterism. And in fact, if they watched the video, a big picture of Colonel Potter showed up right where I said Holy Hemostat. So I got this email from somebody who, for a different reason, I'm not going to take up the hour on this, had already gotten himself in my bad graces. And they said, you know, I can't believe you sent this. Hemostats aren't holy. You need to stop with this blasphemy and come back to the way of Christ. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I am now officially disengaging from you. And I would expect, if I were you, that, you, that a lot of people are going to be leaving you and you're going to find yourself without a business. And, you know, I, I spent some time wow. thinking about it. I think spent some time thinking about how best to write back to this person. Uh, there's a story I tell about a very long response where I go into the, um, the sacred society of brother. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had a little, te I had a little technical difficulty right there um, where I go into where, where I, I say that I, I'm not going to tolerate their intolerance of the, um, the society of 
the Society of Fraternal Love of the Hemostat, and how if you've ever been shot in the gut, you'd be thanking God for a hemostat, so perhaps it is holy. And I, I went on about this for about an hour, but this is one of those ones that was just too good to just delete. Because you know, every so often, somebody sends you something just so stupid, you have to do something about it. So I just wrote back, <laughs> you know... Just by looking at your Facebook with your 84 friends, I don't think a whole lot of people listen to you anyway. And anybody that would take you seriously, I kind of don't want as a client, so thank you. Never heard from him again. Yeah, you're never going to win those. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the empire strikes back. And I just love this talk radio thing that you, you do, and that's just a great way of thinking about it. I mean, you, you may have a daily radio show, this is really no different. This is your outlet to the world for a few minutes every day. Uh, now, we're talking yeah, about getting like, – yeah, go ahead. Just like when people subscribe to the podcast channel, your podcast, they listen because they want to hear people like myself. And maybe they don't like me. You know, maybe they don't uh, you know, like what I had to say or like my subject line or whatnot or maybe another guest. But, uh, but they tune in because they like you. And they continue to listen to it. So maybe there's not a episode that they really was like the, the best all. Well, I mean, Adam can't produce – every episode as amazing as the previous one or as a certain one, you know, there is always going to be ones that are just not as good, but you know, when you, when you kind of go with that shock and awe, you know, you, you, you don't blend in like that, that person said to me, like, Oh, my daughters read the email or whatnot. Hey, that, that's not my problem. But people that unsubscribe, they're unsubscribed for a reason. You make them do an action. You know, you appalled them like the guy that emailed you. you. You got a reaction out of them. And that's what you want because at the end of the day, if you don't do anything, you'll never be remembered. But if you do something and not, and when I say bad, I mean not like, you know, you know, you know, scammy bad or like a bad thing. But when you get somebody to take an action to say, yes, I want to continue to listen to him or, oh my God, I'm so appalled by him, you stay in their mind because when they go on and someone asks them, you're going to say, yeah, you know, I, I heard about Josh Bellinger. I didn't really care for his, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I've been called uh, um, immature, which I certainly don't take that approach, but people take that uh, by some of the, uh, maybe because I use the term masturbation in the subject line. But at the end of the day, it's about being remembered because, yeah, they may have subscribed, but there's ways to continue to market to them. There's Facebook and all kinds of different ways. There's, it's about growing an audience. And, you know, I'm not one of those people who when I get insulted or attacked I say hey thank you so much for your contribution I'm so honored by the fact that you took time out to participate in the conversation now you hit me I hit back that's just that's just the way it is and that's that's who I am and that's that's what I do so somebody wants to write to me that I'm a blasphemer and all that well you know I'm so to be clear I have no gratitude for them whatsoever. But what they have done is they've given me a good story I can tell. I mean, this happened five years ago, and without naming the person, I'm, I'm still picking on them uh, because they give <laughs> me a good story. And when anybody comes to me with, oh, my goodness, I just sent this email, and somebody unsubscribed, and they said a mean thing in the reason box, I say, well, <laughs> you should see what happened to me. <laughs> and it's just like your story with the stock market masturbation. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I have some ones that I kind of push it. I had one I wrote in the, the, the reason why I, it, 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 you have to have an agenda and I don't think you, you do it to be kind of a, uh, kind of a, a jerk about it. Right. I do it because again, I'm trying to get attention 
and they don't change their circumstance unless I get in front of them. Right. So it's an inbox. You know, I had one that I said, profits will have her begging for it. And I had a woman, you know, I, it's understanding your audience. And that's the most important thing. So you said about the, uh, the movie reference, you know, you have to understand what your audience is and you know, how you can serve them. And once you start to understand that, then you can start kind of tapping into movie references and kind of that stuff. My audience is an older demographic. So it's, you know, for me being younger than them, it's a little bit tough at times because I don't, I can't relate exactly on their part. Um, so, you know, I had a, I had a one of a tongue in cheek one profits will have her begging for it. And it was just talking about the fact of, you know, uh, it was a story about uh, a guy who, you know, the, his was the, the wife was tired of him making bad decisions and right. financially, and that if he could just have been smarter with it and been able to become more successful with their investing decisions, you know, he would have been able to buy her, you know, the, the purse that she wanted or take her on the vacation. And instead of, you know, his failures of becoming or trying to uh, it put too much risk in the marketplace and not tell her and so forth. So, you know, there's a, there's a reason why you have to kind of deliver on the, the kind of the subject of it. But there are times where I do push it. I push it just like that. And I, it's not everyone I push it like that. But, uh, you know, I, I had that one. And then this woman had had sent in about how she was so appalled about this. And uh, the next day I wrote an email about how women have the investing touch because it was about uh, this article that I read about the uh, uh, these purses. I can't think of the name right now, but how they actually outperform the financial markets. And I said how women actually you know, actually have the minus touch in investing and kind of the reasons why women are more, uh, could be more successful at investing because they could be more mechanical. They're not dictated by their ego. So I always have a purpose of what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. And it's not, you know, there to where I'm just kind of bashing people or doing it just for the heck of it. There's, there's an overall strategy. I'm doing it in a, a way where I'm, I am repelling people, but the people that actually do get it, those are the people that I want to get it because they're going to be my best clients or, or students, customers, whatever you want to refer them. Right. I, I think that's absolutely right. And if we don't shock our audience out of what I like to call the white line syndrome every once in a while, you're just kind of drift by. And what I mean by the white line syndrome, uh, if you're driving a long distance on an open highway, uh, the white line syndrome is because the highway has lines on it. You may drive 20 miles and then think, what just happened the last 20 minutes? Because you can't remember a thing. You were perfectly awake. You were conscious. And if anything would have happened, it would have required you to react quickly while you were driving. You'd have been perfectly safe. But because of the monotony, it just kind of escaped your mind. There was really nothing there to embed itself in your memory. So you look back and you think, where, where, where have I been for the last 20 minutes? How did I get all the way to exit 13? I thought I was at exit 9 like two minutes ago. Absolutely. I have people that... You know, I'll look through I'll look through the history sometimes just to kind of see I evaluate myself because at the end of the day, I'm, I take my what I do very, uh, very prideful. I have a lot of integrity and yes. I, I take it. I take it very serious. So I look at it and I go, well, maybe I, I and, and sometimes in hindsight, I'm like, well, did I push it a little bit here? Um, I kind of evaluate that kind of stuff. So I'll look through some of the unsubscribes. And, and, and when I have that kind of that little bit of doubt, I, I clarify pretty instantly by looking at the unsubscribes because I'll look and I'll see, Oh, this person hasn't even opened an email for X amount of time. And they finally open it. And because this got them out of their, your white line syndrome, they opened it. 
they may have remembered me and said, oh, okay, oh, what? And they're like, oh, no, this is so <laughs> stupid. And, and they, were, they got off my list. They were on my list, and I'm paying for them to be on it. And now because whatever subject line got in front of them, they opened it, and I got, I, they helped me. I helped them help themselves by getting off, which helps me at the end of the day because I can get somebody else on that actually wants to read the emails, and it's going to help my delivery rate at the end of the day. Yeah, I think, I think that's very true. Now, you've spoken about how you can get these emails out in about 15 minutes a day, and we're talking about the talk show, or excuse me, the talk radio secret. I keep calling it the talk show secret, but it's the talk radio secret, <laughs> to be clear. It's, it's, there's, there's that white line syndrome again, which is why you should never be your own proofreader, because your brain will see what you expect to see there, not what's actually there. It's why you have typos on a website that the person reviewed 10 times before it went live. Uh, now, it, it, that's exactly what happens, and that's the and that's actually what I do. So, when I write out, I'm I'm my grammar is not the best, and I I, I use a, a a thing that I just invested in called Grammarly. Yeah, um, I've heard of it's it. It's a tool. I plug it in. It's it's amazing. It's helped me so much. But then I will also the way that I do it is I actually record the audio, and that's the way that I proof read because I have that same problem. I'll read an email ten times. I'll read it. I'll go through it. I'm like, this is perfect. I'll send it out and I'll read it the next day and I'll find like four things I missed. I'm like, how the heck did I miss this? And it drives me nuts. And people will email in, man, you get those uh, grammar Nazis out. (laughs) If you miss some stuff on an email, you'll get a ton of people, good and bad. Good because, you know, they read it. Bad, you're like, it kind of drives me nuts because I don't want that. You know, I rather have got the message across than, you know, them finding grammar errors. Uh, but the way that I do it, I use my emails and I actually read them out in an audio format. Yeah. And that helps me proofread it. And it helps me talk to somebody as if or helps me voice as if I'm talking directly to them. So I try to have that intimate email is very intimate. I like to talk to my uh, I like to talk to people kind of specifically then broadly and like to have that connection. So I keep that. So when I do these emails, I will go, I will run it through Grammarly and I will then record it and then cut out the mistakes. And then I will post it on our podcast channel. And then, well, and before that, then I send out the email after I proofread it that way, because then I know by reading it line for line that it's coming out as it should. So when someone reads it in their inbox, they'll get it as kind of how I would be talking to it or how they would hear it through audio. Right. Very good. Very good. So the question I was actually going to ask here, and you're right about all that stuff, by the way. What I was going to ask is, you know, we're talking about the the talk radio secret and getting the emails out in about 15 minutes. I imagine these are pretty simple, straight to the point emails, which leads to my question of, do you want your emails to look all big, bold and fancy? Or do you want the super simple looking, basic plain text format or something in between? Super simple. I, I, we live in a world of so much complexity, and this is the kind of what falls into the investing realm. That, you know, complexity in in theory sounds cool, but in reality, it's not. I mean, with emails, I do simple black and white, black font, no headers, no, it's very simple. And I, I recently, I don't know how versed your crowd is in copywriting, and I know it because of just being you know, part of you know, doing online business and hearing about it. 
But um, one of the copywriters, uh, one of the uh, ones that Gary Halbert, uh, yeah, he would write his when direct mail was popular. Uh, I don't know if he did a test exactly, but he said he, from what I heard from what I heard from somebody else that he would do he would want his direct mail letters to look like it came from somebody from a family or a friend because right. that's the stuff that you that you you will read. Like, and and I, th- I thought about that when I heard it, and it was just a couple months ago. And I thought to myself, wow, that's crazy because I get all these kind of fancy things. And right away, I'm like, oh, okay, garbage, garbage. But if I get one that kind of looks like uh, handwritten or somebody, and even if I don't know who it is from, I'll open it up. And that's the same thing with email is that email is that same kind of connection. It's, it's, you, get, you, you connect with people from your friends, your family, your loved ones through email. And that's the kind of relationship in sense that you want to have is that your email comes through, not just, you know, your, your logo, no one cares about your logo. No one cares about your brand, you know? And unfortunately I thought that myself and I got caught up in kind of certain things like that. It's about what you can solve for them. And right. more people value entertainment at the end of the day, entertainment trumps education. And you can see that by how entertainers are paid. You can see how, uh, drugs, drugs are, you know, kind of an entertainment for people, candy crush, you know, those kind of games, <laughs> those that, that's big business entertainment at the end of the day trumps everything because that's an escape. So entertainment is an escape for people. And that's kind of how I relate it to, you know, giving them that kind of few minutes of like, Oh, okay. You know, yeah, I heard about that Miami woman too. And yeah, that's kind of crazy. Oh, and here's, you, you kind of give them, you give them the, the sizzle and you kind of give them the, you give them a little bit of the sizzle and then you give them the, the, the things that they need, the, the, the fruit or the vegetables that they don't want to eat. Right. That's how I kind of, I, I slide it in there and bam, at the end of it, I have a point, you know, you're kind of like, okay, why am I reading it? What's the point of it? Oh, oh yeah. You know, yeah. I, I you know, people do cry about losses and maybe I shouldn't cry about losses. I should expect them more. And, and maybe it's my plan. Maybe I need the help. Thankfully, Hey, you know, Josh kind of, smack me across the head and yeah okay let me go pick up the book that he's talking about that's the best first step for me yeah yes josh thank you for bringing this up and some of my work with my coaching consulting clients we've worked with people who had the templates for the emails that they were sending daily or if it was just an email that said hey you know here's a quick blog post i put up why don't you go check it out and it would have this big header and it would have the long signature underneath uh, where the signature was full of graphics and longer than my cat's tail. And I challenged them to remove all that stuff. They said, well, and, they, and they fight tooth and nail. Tooth, and, that, huh? na- tooth <laughs> and nail for that big banner that's two inches tall up at the top that really is just two inches of distance between them and their subscriber. My, my branding. My, my branding, my... yes, my branding. And so I say, yeah, your branding, great. What about your relationship? I think the branding is already working here because they subscribed. And your relationship, really, when it comes down to it, your relationship is your brand because branding is a perception. Yeah, that's one thing I learned early on, on Facebook, and I kind of got it. Um, for our Facebook page, I used Option Sizzle. And yeah. I did that, and I grew up a base. And then I realized people are not, I mean, like, yeah, Coca-Cola. I mean, that's a, that's different. I mean, Coca-Cola, that's, you're not competing with Coca-Cola on, on branding wise. They spend 
millions upon millions of dollars a year for their branding. You don't have that kind of money, nor do you want to have that kind of money. They just toss money away because they have to. I thought, man, it, you know, it's like an inbox. It's, you know, it's social, you know, like I don't walk into a place and people go, you know, sometimes they, people will refer to me as that, but most of the time you say, Hey, Josh, or Hey, that's Joshua Bellinger or whatnot. Uh Um, They don't say, Hey, that's option sizzle. Depending on what group of mine, if I'm with a bunch of other traders and so forth, they'll say that's sizzle. But uh, uh, most of the time people don't refer to you, refer to me as sizzle. They refer to you as Josh. And that's the kind of connection that's, you know, that the probably another question that comes up is, well, who do I send it from? Should I send it for myself or should I send it from my brand and my company? (laughs) Uh You should send it from yourself. Uh, and you should actually have it sent from your own email. So like I have Josh at optionsizzle.com. And the reason why I do that is I read all the emails mostly and sometimes right. they're good and bad, but you know, a lot of people want feedback and a lot of people will pay a lot of money for feedback, you know, go to their customers and the best way to get feedback is giving them an outlet to easily connect with you. And that's the best way. Thank you very much for sharing something that's very important. Uh, when you're sending out your broadcast emails, there's two things you should never do. Number one, you should never send them from an email address that's like no reply at. Not only does that totally cut off the conversation and the relationship between you and your prospect, who you want to have become a client, but these days, especially with the Gmail tabs and a lot of the other major providers coming up with the same thing and the way algorithms work these days, your emails will over time attract a higher rating and therefore greater deliverability if when analyzed, they can see that there's an exchange of emails rather than just broadcast, 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 broadcast. Because it's more authentic when you email to your subscribers and your subscribers email back to you and then you email back to them. That makes it more of a real email address and therefore you will over time most likely achieve greater deliverability. The other thing I tell people never, ever, 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 ever to do is to put an auto-reply, like if somebody replies to your broadcast email and have an auto-reply go out to say, thank you very much, we've received your message. Please be aware that no human being has seen this and it goes into a ticketing system. Your ticket number is XQ497138. Expect a response within 72 hours. Now, I have found that when somebody responds to a broadcast email you sent out, that means you triggered them. And that means that they feel engaged in a conversation with you, and they were so touched by what you wrote. And in 95% of the cases, it's extremely positive that they just felt open enough to you to share a little bit about themselves. And you're going to cut that off by saying that a support ticket has been created, and I'll hear back from your customer service team within three days? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Come on. I mean, really, 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 really. I was like, oh, facepalm, don't do that. Uh, I, I mean, even if you have so many subscribers, like let's say that Josh Bellinger, just for reasons of his own, did not actually have the time to engage in this conversation. And let's say his email address is something like um, josh at optionsizzle.com. It would be the same thing, and it could create the same level of relationship if you just created Joshua or Josh B or something at optionsizzle.com and have your assistant manage that account, uh, you know, kicking off some issues to you if they require you, but, you know, having all the answers to the FAQs 
And then they can keep up that back and forth. And then you can steer the conversation toward, well, why don't we get on the phone together? They schedule an appointment with you, and you show up like you've been best friends your whole life. Yeah, I, and I, I don't. I rather keep. I like to keep things simple. Yeah, so simplicity is something I talk about. So I, my email is my email. Josh at optionsizzle.com. I don't shy away from that. I'm not. I, I'm not scared from people to email me, because um, people will do it. And sometimes the right people will respect your time. You know, they they know and they respect you. And there's other people that cross boundaries. You have as a business owner and as a person have to know your own boundaries. Just because someone emails to you doesn't mean you have to reply to them. Right. What you're talking about is, is critical because when you do those kind of those things that you shouldn't ever, ever, ever do, uh, you block off that conversation. So you kind of already, you, you've built up a wall and they probably won't, you know, if you send another email, they go, Oh, you know, this is another one of those emails and, and they're not too enthused at that point, or it's an autoresponder or something, you know, whatever they think you've kind of, you've kind of destroyed that connection. And in our society, it's all about connecting. And I have, I read all the emails, but I have my assistant, my assistant can go through it. And, and that's probably something that someone's going to say, but, but I'm going to get all these emails. I challenge you to get a lot of emails. Uh, the CEO of Zappos, Tony, uh, I can't, I don't know exactly how to, this, this one I can pronounce right. I'm bad at pronunciations, but I can get Tony Shea, right? Tony Shea. Yes. I read something recently about him, how he just transferred kind of the company structure but him himself understands how important customer service is, and that's what they thrived on, and that's what they built the business on. He answers, I don't know, what, I forgot what it was, about 400 emails a day to his email. So not only does he have a support team, but he still is answering emails because he wants to feel for his customer service. Now, you know, I think that's a little bit extreme, but that's what he enjoys and wants to do. You can have somebody else help you with your emails before you come in. You know, you don't have to be connected to the point where, okay, someone emailed me back. I have to respond. You have to, you know, that's where the boundaries are. You have to focus on what you build your business on, those creating emails, connecting with your audience. But just because they connect with you doesn't mean you have to email them back instantly or they need a response. You can have something set up like when we, at the beginning of this uh, call, I talked about setting the proper expectations. You could say, hey, I love connecting with everyone, but I just can't. I encourage you, you know, the, I encourage you to reply as many and as often as you can. And the ones that really stand out, yeah, I'm going to reply back, but I can't reply to everyone or something on the lines of that. And then you also talk about the fact that I'm going to be sending these daily emails, you know, and now right. those are setting the proper expectations and really kind of just setting you up where, yeah, you get an email, but you know, you don't have to, it, 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 just because someone replies doesn't mean you have to engage back because you are engaging every day. You're talking that's to right. them with the daily emails. That's right. That's very, that's very true too. So uh, let's bring the two things together. Um, you can, if you know, if somebody's listening, and the idea of oh, why just there's just no way I'm gonna I'm gonna do my own email because that because that's not leverage. I have to have an assistant do this. I've just shown you a way that you can make it still feel natural and authentic and have an actual human being responding so the conversations can take place and you can still jump in wherever needed. I actually tend to lean towards what more what Josh says, which is why are you afraid of receiving email? You don't have to respond to everyone. And if somebody responds to your broadcast saying, hey, can you help me with my password? Then that is something that obviously you forward to your customer service team and say, hey, can you guys handle this? 
Absolutely. And then, and then they reply and, and, and they say, Josh forwarded assist. Here's your username and password. Just let me know you got it and everything's good. And they have still gotten an answer. Yeah, you want to make it as easy as possible. I mean, it's frustrating for me at times, but, you know, like kind of those common sense things. But that's where an assistant can really help you because they can read through your email and then they can do it themselves. Yeah. You can also create templates. I have templates created for certain things, you know, for lost passwords where yep. like I, I use Google uh, Doc or Google Apps for, for options. So I, 90% of the things, once you document them, I'm all about systems. So a lot of the things that come are recurring for people are you know passwords or so forth so we have a kind of a template for it so just click and play and it goes back to me and, and it comes from me and then people are like oh wow that's pretty awesome uh, but you don't want to block yourself away you want to create somewhat of a boundary but you don't want to be obtainable it would be like if you were in a if you were in an open environment if you're outside and you had <laughs> uh, like kind of a pope you had glass all over you and yeah yeah you could kind of speak towards him, but if the glass is probably too th thick and he can't hear you, you know, yeah, he could see you or you could see them, but you want to be able to also talk to them as well. You know, you don't have to like hold them or hug them or whatnot. Um, right. But I, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know why this is coming to mind. Uh, I live in Chicago and Marcus Limonis, the, the prophet on CNBC. Yes. He was at the same Starbucks a block away from my house. And I go to that Starbucks so often, everyone knows me there and, you know, I was walking out and I was saying, I kind of like waved to a couple people and I caught him out of the corner of my eye, like walking out the door. And in my head, I'm like, I know this person, I got to say something to him, but I didn't know exactly how I knew him. I'm like, this face is familiar. So I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And he kind of like looked at me and I kind of looked away and he's like, Oh, it's good. And I'm like, and then I realized who I just said hi to. And I'm like, <laughs> what I mean is that he could have said nothing to me. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, destroyed it. But, you know, he, gave, he laughed and, you know, it, it, maybe in that state, he could have just said kind of nothing and pretended like I didn't say anything to him. Right. And that's exactly. kind of what I mean. The whole email thing is that, you know, you, you don't want to block off that intimate connection. If someone's going to willing to kind of connect with you, they give you permission to they enter their email. And it's almost like going to um, a bar and you get someone's uh, phone number. You know, they've given you the opportunity to connect with them. Now, it's your chance to blow it. But, you know, you, you want to go at it as who you are and, yeah. you know, and, and, and it may say never text me again or never call me again. Okay, right. that's fine. Right. You know? <laughs> Exa exactly. So uh, believe it or not, we're right at the top of the hour and we have about 90 seconds left. So, Josh, let me turn it over to you for 30 seconds. Somebody wants on the edge of their seat. They want more. How can they get a hold of you? Well, you can find me at optionsizzle.com and you're going to go there. You're going to find a lot of stuff about options and the financial markets. Um, I get on these things just to talk a little bit about what I'm doing in my own business, just kind of give a, a different outlook uh, for other people. Uh, but that's the best way. I, I've given my email a few times. You can connect with me with there as well and I'll reply back. Um, and uh, yeah, if you're interested in learning how to manage your money, yeah, Optionsizzle is the best start. You can read my daily emails and you know see what I practice what I preach. Very good. Very good. Well, Joshua Bellinger, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Thank you for having me, Adam. You bet. And, for everybody, you and for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.